All right, guys, you're very welcome along to Heartlines. This is Shane, and this is episode 70. Now, I wanted to get a very special guest, and I've got a two for two for one. Yeah, I got uh, Aileen Crean O'Brien <laughs> and Bill Shepard, the co founders of Tom Cream Brewery. How are you doing? How are you, well, are you, you doing well today, guys? Yeah, very good, Shane. Thanks for Great. chatting with us today. Busy, busy. Yeah, I'd say so. So, the Tom Cream Brewery is down in Kenmare in Kerry. Uh, for people who don't know locationally, where is Kenmare in County Kerry in Ireland? Kenmare is um, in South Kerry. It would be 20 miles south of Killarney. So it's between the, the two peninsulas, the, the Ring of Bear or the Ring of Kerry and Ring of Beira. So um, we're in a nice location here. People might know um, the Brennan Brothers, their hotel is across the road from us. That's the reason I ended up in Kenmare. I was a commie chef in the Park Hotel for eight years. And um, yeah, married the head chef who was actually from Martin. Okay. And we bought um a accommodation restaurant just kind of across the road from the park hotel. Um unfortunately he got knocked down in um ninety-eight um on the Malahide Road. Um mm. so um I leased out the business for a while, but then I'd go back in. So basically I've I've run the restaurant and accommodation for 30 years. Yeah. Um and I just leased out the restaurant and the accommodation last year. Um, but we decided to build the brewery, um, Bill and I, in the backyard of the restaurant in four car park spaces. But like you, yeah. you, t- you tied in the name of your, your grandfather. So was that like, I mean, what were the stories you heard about Tom Crean? Because Tom Crean's a well-known like explorer and seaman around the world. Like he's well-known from, from around his travels and adventures around the world. What was your memories he, of Tom Crean? He is now, Shane, but he wasn't when I was growing up, really, yeah. because um, when he retired from the, the Royal Navy, mm. um, it was a different country. He came back to from the one he left, uh, the political climate at the time. He had to keep his head down and not say he was in the, the British Navy. Yeah. In fact, his brother, Khan was shot by the IRA um, in Upton um, in County Cork in an ambush um so tom said nothing the only thing he did was he opened a pub and he called it south pole in but he never actually gave an interview um ever and um so he's well known now i think because of michael smith michael smith an english journalist wrote a book called an unsung hero and he also wrote a, a children's book called The Iceman, which is on school curriculum. Okay. Um, so it's great because he's such an inspiring character that, mm. um, you know, that his name will be carried on and and what he achieved and everything. And he's an inspiration, I think, to to future generations. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I don't know too many. I know Shackleton's from Athoy, you know, in County Kildare. But like, I well, let me tell you, let me tell you, Shane, um, Irish men and women going around the world made a huge impact. When we went down on our expedition down to South Georgia in 2016, we had to uh, have a stopover in Santiago in Chile Mm. to make sure all all our equipment was, you know, turned up. Otherwise, we'd be going there missing stuff. And anyway, we stayed in Santiago, got a day to kill. We go to the local museum, and there we have one of the founding fathers of Chile, Bernardo O'Higgins. Yes. I'm like, this is yeah. amazing stuff. Fantastic story. Fantastic yeah. story. But it's 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 like that all over. You know, mm. you look at one of the journeys that they went on, the boys, uh, when when they were on the endurance and they were being they were trying to get the rest of the lads rescued and on the James Caird. And they they went on a boat journey, six men 
the greatest boat journey in history before since never been replicated um if you're into sailing no matter where you are in the world you know about this epic journey in this lifeboat and on that lifeboat out of six men three were irish mm. now that should be writ large in irish history yeah it kind of gets looked over yeah uh, so when you talk about the impact irish men and women have had around the globe yeah. enormous yeah no i know i know it's just that um as you said tom crean wasn't you know celebrated but i guess because you know he had his own you know story but with regards to, i know i heard of higgins before because i i'm kind of into football um you know it's, i like football i watch it i watch it when i can but i know there's a, a team called o'higgins down in, uh, in, Ch in chile as well so that's it there's a connection as well yeah there you go yeah yeah i know you'll find you'll find an irish pub most places around the world as well um but regards to, like getting hey, into come here we were up we were up in the we were up in the himalaya Not, and yes. uh we were going we're in the uh sherpa capital yeah you know at like i don't know three and a half thousand meters yeah uh perishing cold yeah. and uh two irish bars tiny yeah. village tiny, two irish yeah. bars it was all unbelievable but regards yeah. to your um your journey where you're from where where, where in the uk are you from bill i'm from the northwest of england from chester okay so now manchester is it or yeah, Manchester, Liverpool, that way. Oh, nice. So it's a hybrid. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like you were saying, like, I remember, is this, am I right in saying this, like, that, like, a lot of breweries own pubs or have some sort of contracts. Is that how it works in the UK? That's why they, they support local beers sort of thing. Um, the, 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 it's, it's an awkward one. The, yeah. In, in the 19, late 60s, 70s, mm. um, the UK were in the same situation as, as Ireland. Yeah. Uh, that the industry was being run by a few brewers and it that was kind of broken down and you you had five lads sat around a bar going you know what we don't like the way our brewing industry is going we mm. like our local beers yeah. we like our different beers mm -hmm. and they they started a lobby organization called camera today they've saved the british brewing industry and they are the largest food lobby organization in the world mm. it's remarkable but they say that so now you look at the UK's brewing industry, the flavors, the taste, the aromas, how local they are. It's yeah. just fun. It's just it's just so good, so strong. Um, so yeah, it would be great to, you know, my, my dream is in 20 years' time, every single village and town in Ireland should have their own brewery. And anything with a reasonable population should have two or three breweries. It should be local. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, there's got to be a tipping point at some some time where people are going to click onto this and, you know, as in the consumer and go, you know what, we want more local products, not less. Yeah. And uh, and and that monopoly is smashed. But, but that it, may be a little way off. It's not even the monopoly. It's, you know, people are very conscious of what they eat and you we all try to eat healthily. Mm. But then when it comes to drink, we kind of forget about everything. Whereas the craft beer is a, a healthier option. Um, it takes us three weeks uh, to condition our beers. It takes six weeks to condition the lager. Mm. The big boys can do it in four days. So that's why you have a thumping headache. Yeah. So like our beers are naturally good for you in moderation. And yeah, yeah, and you yeah. don't get a hangover. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> we've yeah. tested it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The original starting point was mm. 
we wanted to reclaim the family name and heritage. Mm. Uh, that had been picked up by a fella in Dingle, um, set up a brewery. Um, it's not a great story in the, in the, in the annals of Tom Crean. Mm. Um, it's now gone into liquidation. Uh, but with some of the things that were going on, we felt that we should try and get back the name that had been exploited. So then we worked with a brewer for a year and um, produced a beer. Um, we then went on to contract brew that beer. Mm. Um, then after a while, we, we were, you know, we just, the more you get into it, the more hurdles there are. Mm. And in the end, we said, come on, if we want to take this, be serious about this, we really need to have our own brewery, control our production, control our beers, and uh, control who we're selling to. And um, that's what we did. We, we took a huge gamble. Um, in my early 60s, I went to learn how to brew beer. Um, and then it was like, get stuck in, head down and go. Um, so th th that's how we, we, we came to have the brewery, which we opened in November 2019. Mm. Great timing. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, well. It's it's a tough gig, let me yeah. tell you. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know, we we've had to adapt and change in different market circumstances, mm. and it's it's really um, difficult to break the uh, domestic drinking market. Mm. Um, you know, people talk about a resurgence in craft brewing in Ireland, and uh, that's been going on for twenty five years. Well, that after twenty five years of resurgence. We're still less than three percent of the market. It's a massive problem, challenge, whatever you want to call it. Um, the, the I hate to say, it, use the phrase restrictive measures from the big players, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and um, it's a huge challenge. Every tap we get into a bar, we're turning somersaults mm. because it means so much to small brewers. And uh, it's taken us time, taken us a few years to get some traction, but we had to prove we had good beers, reliability, and could deliver. And uh, now we're starting to get more traction. We're starting to get more bars uh, uh, looking at us because it's this is Alien and I. We don't have somebody on the road. It's people coming to us saying, we want your beer, mm. which is great. So, like, do you have, like, you say it's, it's you and Alien. Do you have, like... A salesperson on the road, or is it just you guys? Down? <laughs> That's it. So you just no, have it's to. Just us. That's it. Yeah. Um, the majority, the majority is sold locally. Um, yeah. because we are so small. I mean, up until yeah. last year, Bill did everything, mm. literally. You know, from brewing, cleaning cakes, doing accounts, mm. delivering everything. Because I was stuck in the restaurant. Mm. Um, so now at least he's got a little bit of help. Um, so yeah, I I I knock on doors, yeah, and ring people and and then it's word of mouth, um, yeah. and people ring us uh, or email us and say when we get a tap or, you know, um, so we have uh, we've produced eleven beers to date and um, last year in we entered four of them in Blasnaherne, which uh, is the food and beverage competition for the thirty two counties. And uh, we got bronze for our St. Bridget's Lager and we got gold for the same six magpie stout. So we were thrilled all together. 
That was amazing, you know, because we thought it was just artisan um, people that had entered it, but it wasn't. It was yeah. there was big boys there too, big huge breweries. So you know, we had to think seriously about entering four products because of the cost of it, um, and then to to get awards for two and to get gold for a stout in Ireland. Yeah, that was uh, we were very happy with that. What very proud that, moment brilliant what what, what what does that mean for like a small brew to get an award like that does that mean you'll you, you get more chance for your product to go further or is it just a pat on the back for your hard work sort of thing well <laughs> to be perfectly honest shane um the lads have lost my hair and when when we won these awards they said look nobody's going to beat a trail to your door to mm. buy your products you've got to go and sell them yeah. But you've now got something you can pin on them and say, "Look, this is a good, this is a good beer," and uh, that's that's what we've we've had to do. The the stout, and you know, we I was choked when we won stout, best stout in Ireland. In the in, in the brewing game, um, that there are standards for beers, and if if I'm brewing at a pilsner here, I'll look at Munich mm. and look at their water profile and try and replicate it. Now, the standard for stout in the world is Dublin. Yeah. So any brewer in the world is looking at Dublin's water and say, I want to recreate that water profile, mm. which is what you have to do. And um, we, <coughs> so everybody is trying to replicate what's going on in Dublin. And suddenly this tiny little brewery in Kerry has produced the finest pint of stout not in the country, but globally, because Ireland's the standard. Mm. Ireland's the benchmark. Ireland's the gold standard. Yeah. And this little brewery has just nailed it. So, yeah, massively important for us to win that award. Um, but the, 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 the hard that's when the hard work begins. I mean, we cannot get a tap of our stout, our six-mile pie stout, into any bar. It just simply can't compete with the big players. So uh, the only place you can get a pint on draft is in our tap room in the brewery. That's it. And it's kind of exclusive. But yeah. we'd, we'd prefer <laughs> more people to be drinking it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting because it's it's like an adventure to get there as well because, you know, mm. Kerry's a lovely part of the world. So that must be must bring a lot for you. You'd, you'd be focused on tourists more than anything else, like the tourists will come and they've experienced that exclusive um, drink. You can't get too uh, easy around the world, you know. You know, the um, in rural Ireland, the um, craft brewing industry is driven by the tourism industry. Mm. No tourists, nobody drinking a beer. Yeah. Local drinking, yeah, up to a point. Yeah. But the surge comes when the tourists are about yeah uh because they're, they're exposed to different beers more sophisticated drinking habits i don't know or maybe they've uh the domestic tourist has had been looking at the same handful of beers for generations and it's difficult to change their views a lot mm. of a lot of people come in uh, irish tourists who come in here are, are are people who've been overseas tried you know change the palate come yeah, back and exactly. they're looking for craft beers yeah um it, it it's a really uh tough market to crack when did you meet aileen like what what was what, what, what was that when your adventures stopped 
or are you still? Do you want to say? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, um, so I had been out of the the restaurant business for a few years. I'd gone back to Mm. college, did fitness instructor and personal trainer and was working at that. But then the second lot of tenants left. So I had to go back in. So this was like a right culture shock for me back Mm. into catering again. Um, so that was uh, September 2009, the end of the Celtic Tiger. And um, so then not the following January, but the January after that. So that would have been January 11. I went off. I said to my kids, they were in college. I said, here's your allowance, make it last time off. I said, I'm talking about going traveling all my life. So I I, I got a flight uh, to India and ended up down in Goa. And mm. uh, then the following year, I went to Thailand. And then I went back to Goa again because I missed places. And um, I was in Hempy and I got a night bus. And so the bus stopped at a crossroads and there was a few tuk-tuks, but I missed them. So then I had to get a drive from a fellow with a black hoodie on the back of a motorbike. And he said, you want a hut? And I said, yeah, I guess so. I'm in the middle of nowhere here. I need a hut. So he brought me to this hut and it was like something as back garden, you know, like four huts on either side, one in the middle. Yeah. And um, so the next morning I heard this Dublin accent. And um, so I, and he said he was leaving. So I went down to chat with him at the breakfast table, which just looked over the beach. You know, it was just mm. beautiful. And uh, so Bill came in off the beach and this Dublin man said, oh, that's Bill. He's a, a yoga teacher. And I said, oh, great. I've just come from the northern part of the island, um, Goa. I was on a, a yoga course, so I went to find another yoga class here. So Bill says, no, I'm not a yoga teacher. So that's how we met up. And he ended up moving to Kenmare. So. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. You know, that's the thing. Like your your your, your stories kind of came together, you know, just somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, across, his background yeah. is he was, um, he he worked with the, as it, with the fire brigade in London. Yeah um for, for years and years and then um retired later on and mm. um yeah so mm. went traveling <laughs> mm. so that's how we met up yeah no I, I know it's it's interesting as well because like you're talking about like travel as well but like you you were talking about at the start you're talking about kind of traveling to uh continue on the adventure of your grandfather in south georgia and you're talking about getting to south georgia like for anyone thinking of doing the venture and having the means to do that how did you get to South Georgia from Ireland, for example? Many planes, you think? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was, we would, we would, this is an expensive gig. Yeah, really yeah. Expensive. And, and we yeah, were looking yeah. for sponsorship and all, yeah. all sorts of things to get us there. And of course, <laughs> of course, everyone blew us out. So, hey, we had to deal with it. But we had so much equipment to carry. Yeah. Uh, the cost of getting the equipment out of Ireland to Heathrow to catch our long haul flight was was more expensive than going from Heathrow down to Santiago in Chile, right? Yeah. So what we did um, on the eve, um, Aileen and Keena Morgan, they booked three chief flights uh, with Ryanair over to London. Yeah. And I poured all the gear into the back of the van and drove over to uh to london and it was still cheaper <laughs> it was just mad yeah, it was yeah. just mad yeah. and then we all met up and got all, all our stuff booked in so we went from uh i think we went from cork to heathrow heathrow mm. down to uh brazil mm. changed in brazil and then we went to uh santiago stayed in santiago and then 
over to uh, Punta Arenas and then down to the airport in the Falklands. Mm. So, yeah. So I had asked um, a friend of mine, Mike Barry, he's from Tralee, the first Irishman to make it to the South Pole um, because they himself and... Uh, um, I forget the other guys. Frank was Nugent. Frank Nugent, yeah, mm. and Paddy Barry, and um, yeah. So the there was a big team team of them um tried to replicate the the um eight hundred mile open boat journey from mm. Elephant Island, South Georgia, to do the traverse. So I asked them who did he charter the boat with with um because they had to have a support vessel. So he gave me the name of this guy, and we got onto him and met up with him and. And chartered the boat so we sailed 800 miles um albeit a nice dry boat um from the falklands down to south georgia so that took five days and um then we went to do the traverse of south georgia that tom green worsley and Shackland did mm. um and they to this day as well nobody they've done it in 20 36 hours um they had no map uh, no yeah. GPS, obviously, yeah. and uh, so no tent. Uh, they set off like at 2 a.m. in the morning in the moonlight with a rope and a carpenter's aids. Uh, McNeish, the carpenter, put took the screws out of the boat and put them into their boots um, to try and replicate crampons. And um, at one stage, they were, top, they were on top of the trident and it was getting to nightfall and Shacklin knew they would die if they didn't get off it. So they coiled up the rope, clung onto each other, went whoosh, down 1500 feet. Ooh. So it took us all day to abseil down mm. um, this 1500 feet. Um, um, and we had to do it in, in four pitches. And there was two near misses uh, earlier. Um, we had two top climbers with us um, as guides. But um, yeah. So uh, when it got to the end, they said, when you untie the rope, um, to sit on your pulk, which is like the sledge, and use it like a toboggan in memory of your grandfather, because it's a hundred years. Mm. And I saw the guy do it. I saw my eldest son do it, and then I untied and I kept walking because it, it hadn't bellied out. And then I heard the shout toboggan out, so I sat up mine, but started going really fast. And I'd seen my son put his feet down and lift him up, so I put my foot down. But unfortunately, I hit rock and smashed my fibia, tibia, and plateau. So that was the end of my. Um, expedition. I had no idea I broke anything except my leg wouldn't work so stupidly I thought it was um, ligaments or something and yeah. Bill came down and got me onto the pulk and got me into the tent but um, the guides had no they had nothing in their first aid kit Bill had to show them how to reverse pull my boot off and he bandaged me up and there was no splint there was no nothing so we'd camp out for two nights and they'd manhaul me for two days and um so it was a different type of expedition. Mm. So it was 15 days before I got to Chile for my operation. Um, so Bill wrote a book about that um, that adventure. But there was also stories because we'd trained for a year prior to that. And uh, we met with an old lady who was a child who used to go around with, with Tom Crean in Anaskal. And so there's different stories in it. It's mm. um, called Honoring Tom Crean. So, I must, yeah. I must get my hands on that. I must read it. Um... Cause like I I wouldn't I couldn't imagine what it's like I'm like what's the temperature it must be must be minus it must be very cold it was, it was minus fifteen at night and like during the day it was okay because you were working yeah you know it, um that was fine but the minute you stopped then you put on your layers yeah 
and but yeah it wasn't too bad i mean sure we had all you know the the proper gear when you think what they had they had nothing yeah yeah yeah. it wasn't like a survivalist thing as well like i mean you have to like you broke your leg but you had to like stay calm for that amount of time to get you know help you know must be must be a very scary time for well you. yeah um i bill knew it was very serious um mm. because if it was just a sprain or something he knew i'd be up trying to do it dragging my leg along like but yeah, i yeah. just couldn't and um i mean the danger the danger at that point was that she was going to go into shock yeah and uh that's why as you said we have to keep everything calm and easy and let's not get wound up about this and we'll deal with it yeah, and yeah. Uh, tempers you know because at the time i could have just gripped the uh the leader by the neck and punched him out <laughs> because yeah, his yeah. lack of his lack of understanding of what was going on but there was but it, you just had to be calm quiet and deal with it mm. um Inside, you were just in turmoil because yeah. you knew what the problems were, yeah. and uh, they they didn't spot it. They didn't they didn't step up. Yeah, yeah. Like, are these leaders local to like to the area, or are they brought in from internationally? Like, internationally, yeah. These the, these are world yeah. famous world famous climbers. Yeah, um, they're they're opening up routes all over the world. Um, they are, ex- you know, extremely uh, talented, but they're not client based they're not they're like a group yeah for them it's like a group of mates going off into the mountains it was an ego thing and we're all yeah yeah and but instead it was like being novices that needed keeping an eye on yeah that was just that was just not there you know um they they, they took they took some uh they were a bit complacent in that in that respect yeah that's what you find as well i remember i was talking about nepal i went on a little trek but Mm. i had a sherpa and he was carrying my bags it was one stage you were coming down the it wasn't a hill it was like the way it is mapped out it's all steps but as I was yeah, going down the steps yeah. I tripped and he caught me you know he could have fell down a crevice whatever you know so these guys are very mindful they understand yeah. these yeah. clients they don't want to have you know a, a fatality mm-hmm. or an injury on their hands so they're very mm-hmm. yeah, mindful yeah. of you so they oh, were yeah. Kind of, yeah so like I didn't I wasn't doing what you were, you, were, you guys are doing you were, you were probably carrying your, your load and stuff and it was a stressful situation to break your leg and that, that, that kind of climate you know yeah yeah mm. yeah mm. yeah well, you know, we'd be back there in a heartbeat, I'll tell Absolutely. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it was an amazing yeah. place. Amazing place. Wow. Off the scale. You must have yeah. something soft photos. Scale. Um, oh, again. we have amazing photos yeah. here. Yeah. We have, we, well, there's some on the website, I think, but they're, yeah. um, we have them on a loop here. So when you do a brewery tour, um, they're on the TV behind and, and they are just amazing. The elephant seals like are yeah. up to five ton. They're huge. And they were in pop. Well, the female obviously was the yeah, pup yeah. at the time, so all the pups were there like little dogs, <laughs> and and the milk dribbling off them, you know, and yeah. um and then of course the fur seals who look so cute but can be dangerous, and like uh, whereas the elephant seal is only good for a few yards, you know, but the, yeah. the fur seal is very fast and, yeah. and could bite you in a minute. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, the wild the wildlife is in in South George is better than the Galapagos. It's oh, amazing wow. and and. Because they're not used to humans, you know. Mm. You, they're they're not afraid of you, you know. Yeah, so we got yeah. some from great sh- shots, yeah. Yeah, some great photographs. Mm. That's, that's but, a, uh, I, I was yeah. lucky when we got to when we got back to uh, Great Viken, mm. um, that the the Royal Navy sailed in, um, and um, 
they were willing, they'd heard because it's obviously not a lot happens there and they'd heard about my accident. So they're willing to take me out. But again, the guides me go because they should be able to take care of their clients yeah and it looked bad for them so it took quite a while before they eventually asked the royal navy um i'd say with a lot of pressure from you as mm. well um and um so yeah the the, the captain was conor o'neill so his dad was originally from dublin and um his uncles no he he was from wexford and his uncles were living in dublin yeah. um so he was delighted to bring out a a Kerry woman, an Irish woman, uh, who was related to Tom Queen. Yeah, yeah, it's such yeah, a unique, so. unique experience and story for him and yourself as well. You'll never forget it. As you said, you're back in a harpy. Fair play to you. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, have, to, I have to think about that. <laughs> if I have to go back. Yeah. <laughs> look, it's an experience that a lot of people would never do. I mean, a lot of people yeah. never come out of comfort zone. I remember speaking to a guy on the previous episode. He actually, he's an, he's an endurance cyclist. Uh-huh. Uh, and he had a time when he nearly, he nearly died on an on, on endurance race in Colorado. You know, people, some people uh-huh. just put themselves on the line, but other people will never come out of comfort zone. You know what I mean? It's amazing. That you yeah. Know, yeah. You know, even though you knew all the risks. We're all different, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. We're all made up different. Yeah. Now we went on a bit of a segue. We're going to go back <laughs> on this. <laughs> I want to talk about like, so, yeah. <laughs> so Bill, you got into brewing. How did you come up with the beer styles again? Would that be your palace change over the years or is it, is there like uh, like friends and peers you would try the beer with and say, do you like this one? Because like people that you trust or you just you have your own decision or just ideas of what the beer or stout or pilsner should be. I've been drinking beer for like, too long. Too long. <laughs> I know. Okay. And, I'm not going to say that. And, and had a, had a, also had a, a healthy respect for beer. Um, yes. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 when I first came over to Ireland, I, I was kind of, um, how can I say, the, the, the choice was disappointing mm. in the beers that were available. Yeah, because there were brewers out there, but then not a lot of people want to stock them, so it's difficult to yeah. get some beers. So, um, and I, I, you know, I kind of from the wrong side of the bar knew a lot about beer. Okay, and um, I, I kind of. Yeah, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, Shane, I, I've been such a lucky fella. You know, uh, career-wise, I was a, a fireman in London yeah. and uh, an amazing job, incredible job. Mm. And now I'm a fella who brews beer and mm. it's great. Yeah. I have mm. just I have just done the best jobs ever. And I do it next to Aileen and I'm living in Kinmare mm. in <laughs> County Kerry. It doesn't get much better. I tell mm. you, but you must also have a duty of care as well, because you know the way you said those those guys didn't have a duty of care. You have a duty of care for yourself to make the best product for the for the customer. You know, just like you are saving lives yeah. oh. or whatever. You know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, we're looking at. I mean, when we're looking at thinking of a new idea for a beer, mm. I mean, clearly it's got to be palatable. Yes, and clearly, <laughs> you know, you can do extreme stuff, but you've you've also got to be very wary. And you and when you've done the trials and the tests and stuff, you've got to be prepared to pull it because yeah. you're not going to put a rubbish pint on the market. It's just no. not worth it because it could be somebody drinking the first pint of craft ale mm. and they go, "Well, that was rubbish. I won't be doing that again." So there's a responsibility that the beers that you put out are very palatable quaffable mm. and you go yeah that's nice i'll have mm. another rather than 
a challenge that's a beer is either too strong or too complex, <coughs> or even for a lot of Irish drinkers, if it's murky, they're, they're like, whoa, no, I'm not going near that. That's clearly off. And it isn't. It's the style. Mm. But um, it, people drink with their eyes, and particularly new drinkers to, to craft ales. And you have to be, you know, you have to look after those people. Yeah. You know, the, the dyed-in-the-wall craft beer drinkers will drink virtually anything. If it's new, let's give it a try. Come on, let's have it. And uh, But for the majority, where you're trying to get your sales, nah. It's It's got to be a sensible ABV. It's got to be palatable. And it's got to look okay and hit the style. Yeah. That that's where we're coming from. We're not we're not trying to um, knock people out with an eight percent beer and go, yeah, that was great. And you should be drinking it in a port glass. I mean, that's not going to work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely not for me because I'm a lightweight, so that's my night is gone. You know, so all the beers are are session beers. You know, mm. they're four four point two, four point five percent. One yeah. of the beers we did because when Bill came to Kenmare, he was blown away by the scenery. You know, the mountains and the sea. Yeah. So we did um, it's a seasonal beer. Obviously, we can only do it in the summer because what we put into it. So it's Kerry Surf and Turf. So we went to the bog and dug turf, and I boiled it up in the kitchen and strained it off and used the liquor. And then we went down the bay and foraged for seaweed, and put the seaweed in muslin. So it's celebrating the mountain and the sea. Um, so that's very popular. Another one was Bill loves watermelon. So when he's on holiday, he has watermelon. He says, I want to make watermelon uh, beer. And I said, not at all. It'll never work. You know what I'm saying? It's too subtle. The flavor is too yeah. subtle. So we went ahead and did it anyway. I spent a day peeling and chopping and de-seeding uh, watermelon and liquidizing it. And then we had to freeze it to kill all the bacteria. And um, so, yeah, we went ahead with that. And it turned out gorgeous, very subtle flavor, uh, very subtle aroma. Um, of watermelon and flavor so it's very refreshing um, so we call that um, the corner boys because I told Bill you're too young as well but when I was a kid growing up in Tralee um, the men used to gather at the corner and they'd gossip so <laughs> the watermelon pale ale is something to give them to talk about what, yeah, uh, yeah. watermelon in in uh, South Kerry <laughs> nice and what kind of like you know the way like you're saying you're not, not, you're not gonna, you don't want you don't want to compete well, you do, but you don't, in a sense. You want to be your own authentic self. But mm -hmm. what kind of numbers do you kind of produce, like like batch-wise of these? Are they just as like seasonal, where you only make them for a short amount of time for a certain batch, or do you make them, you know, for you know, for in, in the thousands, or how does it work? Well, we we're quite lucky here. We have got three different volumes of tank here, mm. and uh, the smallest tanks are five hundred liter. Yeah. So we can do we can do a 500 liter run of a specialist beer, and not be afraid it's not going to sell. Yeah, if you yeah. know what I mean, because yeah, yeah. the 500 liters, you know, rare, you know, will, will fly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're lucky. So then when we, you know, our, our more popular beers, they go in the bigger tanks. Uh. So yeah. So we can chop and change whichever beer we want to produce, or if one's doing particularly well, we can do a bigger run of it. Um. We just up the size of the tank. We do run tours here that are, yeah. that that go down a, a, a treat um, and everyone gets to, you know to taste different beers and what have you mm. and not only do they get that they get the explanation behind it they also get the explanation behind the brewing industry in ireland oh, which to okay. a lot of people is like uh they, they they just don't get that there's this yeah. monopoly trying it with a stranglehold over it and 
sudden, so suddenly we have these like interesting conversations about where the beer industry is in Ireland today, what their mm. perception is and what it actually is. And uh, we talk to them about, um, you know, all sorts of things like that. One of the most interesting things we talk about now uh, is our efforts towards sustainability. Mm. They people are just hooked into that so quickly. And, uh, you know, we, we tell them some of the things we do and they're looking at us going, Jesus, I didn't know you could do that. Really? <laughs> Can yeah. you? Yeah. You are. So, yeah, it's it's a crack. Yeah. So yeah. it's a good way for us to, the tours are a good vehicle for us to educate people in beer and to give them a broader outlook on, on the beer industry and, and what's going on. And share stories of Tom Crean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. So the do. family yeah. stories and and then the the expedition as well and the the as I said the photographs are in a loop mm. and um, yeah. So when we built the the brewery, we put PV panels on the roof to produce our own electricity to brew the beer. Yeah. So then the spent grain I would use to make muffins when I had the restaurant and dog biscuits for the clients that any people that come in with their dogs. Oh, yeah. And um, so then Bill researched how to convert it into silage. So two years ago, we got four sheep for the front garden and fed them on the silage. And they were like Rambo at the end of the season. <laughs> the farmer that sold them to us couldn't believe because we called him up and we said, you know, are they ready you know, to be dispatched? And he said, oh, my God, they shouldn't be going for dispatch. They should be going to show, you know, they yeah. look so good. And um, yeah, so and then last year we we built a polytunnel and Bill got a biodigester from America. So we feed the biodigester on the brewery, the kitchen and the animal waste. And not only does it give us give us a, a natural liquid fertilizer for the grass that the sheep are eating because they don't have any antibiotics or anything. You know, they're mm. practically um, organic, organic yeah, and yeah. um so, uh, but the biodigester gives us the the fertilizer um, for the plants in in the polytunnel, and also gives us two hours free gas a day. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Same so energy. yeah, that's nice. So I just put the waste from the kitchen out into the biodigester and make my cup of tea. <laughs> so at the moment we've we've got uh, um, a French intern working with us and. Okay, yeah. um, agricultural students mm. and um what we've uh because we're really busy trying to keep the brewery going all the great projects and jobs we want to do you struggle to find time, time to do the research and what have you yeah so we've got this uh young fella uh now he's produced a uh a process notes because we're looking to use the spent grain as a substrate to produce gourmet mushrooms Oh, nice. which is what we're looking at at the moment. So, and then there's this idea that, hang on, if we're doing oyster mushrooms, why don't we do an oyster stout? And, <laughs> uh, you know, that'd be, that'd be cool. So yeah, we've got um, Nansen at the moment uh, working on that project and he's, he's it, you know, he likes his pigs. So he's working with the pigs at the moment. Mm. Later in the year, we've got another girl uh, coming. Well, we've got a girl coming in from France, another uh, agricultural student, and we want her to look at uh, yeast reclamation mm. as uh, an animal food or a, a human supplement um, that we can use either ourselves or for the animals. Um, mm. Because I remember when I was a kid, I'd be given brewer's yeast tablets, you know, to, as, as a supplement as a kid. Mm. And because uh, yeah. they're like a superfood. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, 
geez, we just threw it away. So yeah, we're yeah. trying to stop that. We're going to try and work on that. And we're also, as a net producer of CO2, it concerns us. So we're looking to try and run a small CO2 capture program this year. So we're looking at that as well. And speaking of which, like, is there local, I was talking to a previous uh, brewery in Dublin, um, was, is there any incentives to, to be more sustainable, like from government, local council or Devon Kerry? No. No? If, you know, you, you do this, you do this game out of love. Um, yeah. If, you, if you're looking to save money, uh, as in what's the payback time? Mm. Not interested in the payback time. You're doing it because of the environment and what you want to hand over to your kids. Mm. It's nothing, you know, let's, let's have a bit of a moral stance on it, really, and say, hey, if we've got to wait for somebody to give us two and six towards a project, well, you know what, we'll just get on with it. Mm. Um, and, and you know what you can do with your, your, your hard-earned loans and grants because mm. you know we've applied for some grants for pvs and all sorts of things and you lose ownership mm. of what's going on you know when we were building this place one um uh, sort of sustainable uh well not sustainable but yeah um body that would give out grants yeah said oh now you've got to stop building what do you mean we've got to stop building yeah, uh, yeah but you've applied for a few grand for the pvs yeah, but the building's got nothing to do with that. Um, you, we're asking you for money for the PVs. Yeah, but we want you to stop until we've made a decision in three months' time yeah. whether or not you can have a few quid. Yeah. We went, you know what? Jog on. Yeah, we'll just yeah. get. We'll just get. We'll just keep going. It's red tape. So, yeah, yeah uh, we're looking at the moment to get a, a loan for a, an electric quad bike to do all local deliveries, mm. and uh, it's it's great because uh, we can't afford an electric van. But mm. we've got this road legal electric quad bike with a 400 kg payload, 130 mile kilometer radius, and uh, we can afford it. But we need a few quid yeah. to get it going. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we've been waiting weeks and weeks and weeks for somebody to say, yeah, okay, away you go. It's just like, lads, come on. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you just got to get your head down and go. Yeah. Um, one of the success stories of COVID mm. was uh, the homebrew industry. Yeah, um, the lads where we get the lads where we get our, our, our equipment and grain from, or what have you. The, the other side of their business is homebrew. Oh, really? And uh, they're the biggest in the UK and Ireland, uh, and they supply. Uh, they 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 they, were, they went huge during COVID. Uh, because the demand for, for people brewing at home was just colossal. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and that's got to be good for us that people are trying different beers. That's, yes. that's got to be good. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. I'm going to leave it a little last word for you guys because I, I, I spent enough of your time. Um, Someday I'd love to get down to Kenmare because, uh, you know, I've been to Ballybunion. I think I've been to Tralee. Yeah, I've been to Tralee as well. I don't, I'm not being as far as like Valencia or any of those places like that, but like I want to get, Kerry's a lovely part of the world. But like yeah. regards, you know, okay, let's talk about the like if, if people are listening and want to go to, to your brewery tour, like how often do you run the brewery tours? Is it and does it get like more popular during the summer or is it all year round? How does it work? Um we generally run the, the brewery tour at three o'clock on a Saturday. Okay. And it's better to book online. Mm -hmm. Um then we private groups can book 
um, online as well. If they just email us, we can arrange um, a group another time. It's just we're so busy. We were doing tours um, on different days prior to this, you know, for the public. But yeah, we just got so busy, you know, um, trying to to brew and cake and and do everything. But um, so yeah, if if there was a group of people or you know up to eight or eight or ten. Um, just email us and we can we can work it in to our schedule. But yeah. in general, it's it's just the one a week on Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can people purchase online? Like, do you ship or not? They can purchase. Yeah. They, yeah. Okay. Um, they can purchase online. Unfortunately, we can't ship abroad. Okay. Um. Now, if it was a pallet, we could. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You could. Yeah. Pe- people. Can, people can. Put, purchase a case of beer a mixed case or yeah. you know or a case of a particular beer um online no bother yeah, yeah. Um, we can ship in ireland we can't ship outside of ireland at the moment you, you've got me licking my lips with that uh seaweed finish one that's just i'm, I'm just i'm intrigued uh, yeah. but, uh well there's 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 another one like all the beers um i can maybe bring you around yeah go for here. it yeah. Oh, okay oh. nice yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you see it? I don't know. Yeah, I can. I'm going to screenshot that. Lovely. I've lost you again. But, um, what was I going to say? Um, Yeah, all the beers have um, a story behind their name. Yeah. Um, So, um, the, um, there's like the Druids uh, smoked wheat beer. Um, So, there's out a few miles, 15 miles out the road, you know, the stone circles and, and Molly yeah, uh, yeah. Galvin's and all yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, so there's huge history there and on the Druids. But um, but the the smoke wheat beer has been compared to drinking um liquid smoky bacon crisps. Oh, I like smoky so bacon. You like, <laughs> I do. If you like smoky bacon, but I, I make sure I tell people because you know, if if you don't, then and and then the Tom's winter warmer. When we met in Goa, when I used to go to Goa, I'd always bring back, I'd go to the market the last day yeah. and bring back um, spices. So I brought back oh, cinnamon. Nice. So we put cinnamon yeah. in the muslin. So it's like a real, you know, warm Christmassy ale mm. that you'd have by the fire with a mince fire. Or actually, it's good anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And nice. St. Bridget, what I wasn't taught at school, and I bet you weren't taught either, she was a master brewer. No. So that's yeah oh well so, and her wish her wish was and you can read it in Dublin will, today because she was an abbess and she could read and write and her wish was to create a leaf of beer for the almighty and all the heavenly hosts for all eternity so go Bridget ah brilliant <laughs> I didn't know that that's excellent yeah so um yeah and lo- like locally you supply locally to local bars or Local bars, stores. yeah, we we yeah we have uh, taps in the two five star hotel in the Park Hotel in the Sheen Falls, uh, the Lansdowne Hotel and nice. various pubs around town. Um, naturally in the South Pole Inn, that was the pub my grandfather opened on a skull. Yeah, yeah. And if anyone is going to on a skull, call in to see it because they've lots of memorabilia and photographs. And opposite the pub, there my mother, and my aunt, uh, donated a site to the village, and uh, then the village is. Uh, uh, Tom Crean Society raised raised money and they built the most beautiful bronze statue of like Tom holding the Pope's yeah, the yeah. iconic photograph oh, yes, from the yes. endurance trip yes. and uh, there's Menard Castle a few miles down the road where he enlisted and the tomb he built um, himself because he built it for his daughter yeah. so you know there's a, a Tom Crean walk you can do an honest call 
wow. but the fam our family we gave all the memorabilia into the county museum in Tralee mm-hmm. so if anyone's in Tralee call in there the fabulous Tom Queen exhibition there it's good to know it's really good to know yeah absolutely keeping his story alive but also as well you talk, talk about um, further field in Kerry is there any taps in Dublin or do you sell them in Dublin at all or um, we sell to craft beers delivered. Um, okay. And we, yeah, um, actually, Bill was, there was a, a man called in a month ago, and I think he rang Bill yesterday, and he's got an off license, but I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> okay, that's fine, that's fine. So we're about to be, nice. um, and we were, yeah. in, we were in the carry out in Tyrrellstown. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, 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 that's cool. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Uh, before we before I let you go, because again, it's been lovely to chat to you and get to hear your, both your stories. Um, what's the website so people can can find you? It's tomcreenbrewery.ie. And do you have any social media? Yeah, we're on Facebook as well. Facebook. Tom Green Brewery can make uh, Facebook and on Instagram. A Tom yeah, Green Tom Brewery. Green. Tom Green, oh, yeah. cool. Okay, yeah. cool. But uh, no, yeah. if I'm ever down that way, I'll, I'll, I'll look you Do up. Do Shane, we'd love yeah. to see you. Call yeah. in, yeah. Yeah, I'd love um, to see you too. And if we're not here, we're usually only up the road. We have yeah. the number, uh, you know, outside the, the shutters here. Yeah. The phone number, so just ring the mobile. Grant. Unless, or if you're if you're coming down, make sure you ring us maybe a few days in advance because we could be on I a will. delivery day back Dingle. Yeah. Because we deliver back to Dingle as well. And Grant. we kind of make a day out of it. Okay, right. No, good. That's great. Definitely, if I definitely am down that down the neck of the woods, maybe over the summertime, I'll I'll, I'll reach out. I'll I have your m- mobile and I've bills on online as well. Yeah, so I'll yeah. mess, I'll, I'll call you or WhatsApp you or whatever. And uh, yeah, yeah. it's been great yeah. to talk to you. Um, Lovely best of luck. Chef, best yeah. of luck at the brewery, and I uh, hope to talk to you yeah. soon. Thank you. Thanks very much. I'll see you Take care, Shane. See Cheers. Thanks. Bye. 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 Thanks. See you. See you. And that was Aileen Crean O'Brien and Bill Shepard, her partner in, and co-founders of Tom Cream Brewery down in Kenmare, County Kerry. If you're ever in the area near Killarney, down in Kerry, go and look up the brewery and go and if you can go on a brewery tour, do go and check it out. And it was great to hear their story and everyone has their story of how they got to where they are. And you know, as a craft brewery, you know, you're always competing against it the bigger breweries but also as well the story of getting to where they are and their you know different styles of beer and just just a story of where of their beginnings in the brewery I hope is very interesting I hope it's fascinating for you like it was for me today if you've liked this episode please like share subscribe as well follow me on Podbean or listen on Spotify or take a screenshot on social media and tag myself at Heartlines Podcast and um, hope you enjoyed the episode once again my name is Shane and remember, remember, you're always welcome here in Heartlines. This has been episode 70, yes. Take it easy and bye-bye.